Well, hello and welcome to Virtual Team Dynamics, the All Fire podcast. My name is Francis Norman. I'm the founder and principal consultant here at All Fire. At All Fire, we specialize in helping you get the most from your virtual teams through understanding how your team members communicate and interact. So this is episode number 23, and today we're going to be talking about some of the problems that occur with teleconferences and one of the uh, I guess some of the reasons why we feel that they are one of the less effective ways to communicate among virtual team members. So as with all of our podcasts, there is an accompanying article on the All Fire website. So please do check that out and uh, see what we have to say for ourselves in the text version of these um, podcasts. And while you're there, feel free to subscribe to our regular newsletter, uh, subscribe to the podcast and generally check out um, what All Fire has to offer. So, teleconferences, love them and hate them. They are unfortunately or fortunately, dependent on your perspective, a very much part of the modern business landscape. It's almost every day for many people and many times a day for others. They'll be either in the, on their own in their office or on their own in a conference room or with a group of others in a, on a conference telephone call. And by teleconferences, we actually are referring to telephone-based conference calls here. They'll be on a, a teleconference with colleagues in other offices, in other countries, in other time zones, um, in other areas and dealing with other challenges. These um, teleconferences become, they almost become a little um, a little cult of their own where people feel that they their week hasn't been complete unless they've spent some time in a teleconference. And they can, from time to time, become a very unproductive way to spend your time. You'll find yourself very dependent on your role and dependent on um, on where your project may take you. You'll find yourself joining teleconferences in taxis, join, tele, joining them from coffee shops, joining them from your hotel room, various home offices and bedrooms, and of course, from now, from time to time, you'll actually get to partake in one from an actual physical office somewhere. So that we've identified seven problems with teleconferences that uh, that we that I'm going to work through one by one here. The first one is really that teleconferences have a tendency to encourage groupthink. So there's a there's a way within teleconferences. It doesn't matter what the cultures are that are on the call, where one or two people will tend to dominate the call. And if there's if there's not a lot of care taken in the way that the call runs, the views of those one or two people can dominate the views of the majority of the people on the call. And sometimes you can finish up in a, in what they refer to as groupthink, where basically everybody is persuaded to take the same view as the loudest or most dominant person in on the telephone conference. Now this can be particularly difficult. Uh, situation to manage on a teleconference because you've got nobody very few people rather can actually see anybody else on these calls um, whoever it is that's actually 
holding the, uh, the the hub for the call has a lot of power over who's on the call and who's not so they can game the system a little bit and manage who's actually there and who isn't. Um, people from some cultures will be very quiet and very reserved on conference calls. Similarly, people who are more reflective thinkers, people who like to think about things and then come back and return with a decision, if they suddenly have things thrust upon them in a, in a conference call, it can be hard for them to, um, to form their considered opinion. So sometimes teleconferences can encourage groupthink. The second one is they are terribly, terribly antisocial. You can often have a telephone conference call where every single participant is sitting on their own in their own little office in their own room in their studies in their lofts in their basements in their garages wherever they wherever their office or wherever they happen to be it's a really uncomfortable and really antisocial way to hold a meeting and people tend not to think at their best when they're in these antisocial environments. So again, it can be a very difficult situation for people to to be at their most productive. The third point that we make is that teleconferences are completely unnatural. Humans are social animals. We work best in a social setting. We work best when we can see our people that we're talking to. And we've evolved over millennia to be able to to use all all of our senses in conversations not simply our voice and our ears so people tend to they only take part of the story they only take part of what's being said they don't necessarily absorb the whole message and they tend to make decisions based on particular cues that are made within the call rather than to uh, to be as they would be if they were in a, in a normal face-to-face meeting where they're able to take visual cues from people. They're able to look at the way people's body language is. So people may not actually say anything in a, in a face-to-face meeting, but from their body language, you can tell if they're happy or if they're sad, if they're frustrated, if they're content, well, where their views sit on certain things that are being discussed. So this unnatural circumstance that teleconferences function in is also a really, really bad state for decisions to be made. The fourth point that we make is that teleconferences generally are extremely unproductive. You'll have a large number of people, and some teleconferences will have dozens of people in attendance, but you'll have large numbers of people sitting around in various locations around the world having their conversation. Most of them, or many of them, may not say one word from one meeting to another, Some of them may have a few words to say. Typically, these teleconferences are dominated by two or three people, uh, and they can become a little bit of a monologue for one person just to uh, just to share all of their thoughts with their with their gathered audience. Now, that's not a productive way for an organisation or for a culture to function. You need you need to get the best value from your people and you need your people to be feeling that they are contributing in the most valuable way. And having them all sitting around listening to one or two people talk day after day, week after week, is not a good way to maintain productivity. So the fifth point that we make is teleconferences encourage social loafing. So you'll often find on a teleconference that there are a number of people who really don't have any part to play in the teleconference 
And they will then sit there and they'll read the paper, they'll check their phone, they'll be on the internet doing various things, or they'll sit generally looking out of the window and not being able to participate in the meeting. Again, back to the previous point, this is an incredible waste of time, but it's actually a company-organised form of social loafing and low productivity. If you want your people to be really engaged, my suggestion, our suggestion would be that you limit the numbers of people in a teleconference to those who need to be there and you excuse anybody who doesn't need to be there and who hasn't got a role to play and let them get back to their normal work. So our sixth point is that teleconferences make absolutely no allowance for time zones. Consequently, you can have people on the phone on a teleconference at six o'clock in the morning, at noon, at six in the evening or at midnight or any point in between. So you'll have people who are sleep deprived, you'll have people who are hungry, you'll have people who who really are not in a good place for concentrating, trying to pay, partake in these calls. Also there's times when when these things will occur on a public holiday in one location or another, when people really don't want to be thinking about work. They want to be spending time with their family, they want to be spending time relaxing. Similarly, you can have situations where you're crossing into cultural areas where people work a different normal week. And again, there you can have people who are on their days off on a conference call at an unnatural hour of the day. Um, It really, really inconvenient and socially unacceptable way to to run a meeting and then the seventh and final point that we would like to make is that teleconferences typically give you a sense that you've achieved something but often that sense of achievement is actually a veneer um, or a mirage and when you actually return to your desks you realize that you've not really achieved very much of anything and certainly not achieved anything of the value based on the amount of time that has been spent by as many people as you've had in the meeting. There can be situations in teleconferences where often things just get pushed down the track. They get deferred to the next meeting or the meeting after. They get taken to separate meetings where other people will make decisions. The meetings themselves are too large, so you don't actually get a focused conversation on things that need to be discussed. So really and truly, they are um, they are a very bad way to try and do almost anything other than just share information from one central source out to the rest of an organisation. So the seven points again, just to quickly skip over them. Um, number one, teleconferences encourage groupthink. Number two, teleconferences are extremely antisocial. Number three, teleconferences are an unnatural occurrence. Number four, teleconferences are genuinely and generally highly unproductive. Number five, teleconferences encourage social loafing, organised corporate social loafing for that matter. Number six, teleconferences make no allowances for time zones. And number seven, teleconferences give a sense and a false sense at that, that something has been achieved. So if you've got any views around teleconferences that you'd like to share, we would dearly love to hear from you. So if you do, please just uh, hop onto the blog post that's associated with this article and uh, feel free in there to uh, to fill in the comments box. 
Um, while you're there, if you feel like subscribing to our newsletter or signing up for the podcast, then please do so. And we very much hope that you've enjoyed this and look forward to speaking to you in future episodes. Thank you. Thank you.